You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brentus Wealth. Brentus Wealth has been voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020 and is constantly, consistently in the top three or four in that particular category. With me now from Brentus Wealth in Paul is Andre Basson. And Andre, you sent me this piece and it says here, how to stay sane in an upside down world. And I looked at it, you sent it to me yesterday. And then today, uh, the world has become even more upside down with, as we pre-record this on the 21st, Wednesday, the 21st of September, Mr. Putin has basically laid down a threat to the West. And I don't know how much of this is bluster, how much of it is bluffing. But on the other hand, with the US Federal Reserve decision tonight, the world may be turned upside down again, as it consistently is. That's a long introduction, but I understand what you're saying in your piece. It's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, Lindsay, it is. And and it's really important, I think, just to remember we're all people and like what you feel when you go through all these news headlines. And then obviously what your investments is doing. So I think it's really relevant and topical to just chat about the world. Our world feels upside down now, but just stand a bit back and understand what you are going through and is there still opportunities, etc. So Putin, on to talk to that point, I don't think anybody really knows what he's going to do. He is in essence like he can decide what he wants. He's not committee to report to i think so he he might threaten more he might he might be bluffing i think everybody all the smart people said in january february now it's just so, so stupid thing to do to invade ukraine you, you would you wouldn't do it and then he did it so we don't know what he's going to do but the message i want to bring across is there's more risk there's taiwan china issue there's the inflation in in the uk it's 10 percent plus and, and in you us is also very high running around. So the, what is actually happening, I feel with clients, to stand back a bit, not everybody understands the, the risk that's going on in, in this kind of upside down world. And we kind of like forgot about COVID. You know, that was also, we, we, we went through that. So a lot of people went through a lot of bad stuff in two years and we kind of like just fed up with everything. And emotionally, you, you get fatigued, you, you get tired. The risk is to take decisions based on your emotions. So it's really easy to sit with a th- theoretical book that we use in varsity and say, yeah, if you invest in stocks, take a seven to 10 year view or a five year view, and there will be ups and downs. But what, what is happening is now you live through the first year of down. Uh, you kind of like say, okay, it's fine. And then the second year of, of a down, a red figure comes along and then you start questioning your own decisions, etc., cetera, or, or your investment manager's decisions. But what is really happening is if a husband gets home at night, he looks at his wife and his children and thinks, shucks, am I letting them down? Am I going to be able to provide for them? Or a retiree thinks, do I really have enough money if my money goes down further? So these are the things that we're working through. The news headlines doesn't really help people in that sense. Yeah, I think the job is to... You're quite right about the news headlines because all broadcasters, including myself, are guilty of latching onto things. I mean, one week when things are quiet, people focus on the fact that a few aeroplanes have encroached upon Taiwanese airspace and uh, therefore there's going to be a war between Taiwan and China and that will drag in the United States, etc. This morning we're looking at the fact that people are talking about a potential nuclear conflagration between the Soviet Union 
and the West. And if, I, I honestly don't think that's going to happen. But on the other hand, Mr. Putin did say, uh, this is not a bluff. So, yeah, it, so, it, so it goes on. Do you, do you, do you, do you say, to, your clients phone you up and say, there's going to be a nuclear war, uh, Andre, and you say, yeah. forget about it. Forget about that and let's look at the basics. What do you say to them? Yeah, in essence, I, I do say that. Uh, I say... Uh, worry about things you can control. We can't control if there's a nuclear war that's going to be started or not. If that really does happen, I think it's more ex- the human race is at threat. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you're poor. Uh, the thing is, like, the climate's going to change. Uh, there will be a lot of aftermath in terms of nuclear, the, the, the earth that will just not be able to produce the kind of food and climate that we need. But the problem that I have is that if you read these headlines, Mm. Do markets respond to that, yes or no? Has your shares dropped? If you own a company like, let's say, Pepsi or Coca-Cola, are they still going to sell? Well, if there's a bluff, obviously, they're still going to sell products tomorrow. And let's go back to the thing that's really driving markets is more the Fed and, and the rising interest rates. So the risk is that the Fed is increasing interest rates too much. But in my mind, higher interest rates is a problem for companies that is that has too much debt or households that has too much debt and they can't service their debt now you need to sell your home or a company needs to close down business but if that's not the case then obviously higher interest rate is not convenient but it's not the end of the world so then you should invest in a company that has strong fundamentals that that doesn't have too much debt and if you're in that space then you should be okay i just don't know when markets will recover because even steady quality companies will be influenced by bad sentiment and that's now all across yeah but they also bounce back and there's also certain companies which are are not immune to issues that we've just spoken of but uh, they are slightly more defensive than other companies you say understand your behavior and emotional challenges during bear markets we've covered that and just stay calm and speak to andre basson is my advice Uh, the, uh, the third point you make is opportunities still exist and will benefit investors going forward so rather than go into your shell and say no i'm not going to do anything about it rather say history tells us that these geopolitical events are actually buying opportunities should they make the market come down which is what exactly what's happened over the last um, uh, nine ten months whatever it is so you look at quality companies andre with big enough margins and also i think the other thing you did that i'll add to your sentence is that they have not market dominance, but certainly an influence on the market sector in which they ply their trade. So ASML, for example, in the Netherlands. So you've got to have a company with with a lot of money on its balance sheet, and also it's got pricing power. Yeah, so that's the big thing now. Inflation might reduce margins of companies, but if they have pricing power, sticky products and services that people will need, let's think tobacco or liquor or food or consumer staples like nappies, etc. Or, or people need to use software. Uh, if you go to a comp- if Microsoft goes to a company tomorrow and says, we're increasing uh, your cloud computing services, uh, the price of it, they won't say, we, we're not going to pay it. They need to pay it. Mm. So the point I want to make is a strong company, they might have a little bit less margin, profit margin, but they will survive and they will grow their market share because they're going to take uh, market share from those that don't. So that's the one point I would make. And the other one is your your business model needs to be relevant, I think. If you look at nature or the trees we plant in our garden, 
Mm-hmm. Trees only fall over if they, they've got a bad root system. If the water is not deep enough, the roots doesn't grow deep enough. And I think we will see one or two trees fall over uh, when markets are tough. And I think the next year or so will still be tough. But when markets do recover, you won't be quick enough to buy into the bounce back. So my message is clear and simple. Understand what you, you invest in and then just stick it out for the long term. But it doesn't feel right. I spoke to a lady the other day. She said to me, shucks, it just doesn't feel right to, to own or buy equities now. But if you look at history, this is the right time. When, when everybody's fearful, is the best time to buy equity or just to own them. And now the strong will be and the brave will be, I think, be rewarded in the long term. We just don't know when a recovery it, will It's happen. very difficult psychologically, actually, to get that across to somebody. Somebody who's sitting there and they're watching the news, they're listening to podcasts, they're listening to the radio and everything, and they, they're hearing all this bad news. And of course, it's natural for them to go into their shells. Rising interest rates, of course, um, by the time that this podcast has been posted, interest rates will have risen in the United States again. Is it 50 or 75 or 100 basis points? We, We don't know. But it's terribly important to note that rising interest rates when company debt levels are relatively low aren't that impactful. Is that what you're trying to say with your with your point when you say rising interest rates, company debt levels important? Because people, lots of companies have a lot of money. Yeah, understand what is the interest cover that you, let's say you buy a unit trust, understand how easy is it for that company to, to service their debt level. And if it's not too high, then it's not a systemic risk, is what I want to say. And if, if banks are still well capitalized and the banking system as a whole, let's say the American or the South African banking system, depending on where you're looking at, is in a healthy state, then they can help uh, the economy absorb higher interest rates. It's not that your, your house, the foundation of your house has a big crack in it and now there's a wind and, you know, everything is going to collapse. I, I'm not in the camp to say it's a systemic risk, but it, it's going to be a bit more of a tighter environment if interest rates are higher for longer. But it's not... I think going to go back to the Volcker era where we have like 20% interest rates. Those are not the expectation at this stage. The message we get is that inflation expectations are anchored in, in common sense, com- common language. That means it's not out of whack. It's not going to, people don't expect inflation to go 10, 15, 20% because if that's the case, then it, it, it becomes a vicious cycle. And from what we can see, it's not a systemic uh, risk that the house is going to collapse. But you need to buckle up because it's still be a, a volatile ride. The last point that you make is very interesting because um, you, you say green energy transition and you talk about uh, Europe's energy crisis and it's weaning itself off Russian gas. One of the things that will come out of this uh, conflict, which was initiated by Vladimir Putin against the Ukraine, is that people will suddenly adapt. And human beings, no matter what we say about each other, and uh, you know, we're, we're generally flawed individuals, the fact is that we will adapt. And I think that what will come out of this war, and it is a war, will be that people will suddenly say, okay, and no more gas. We don't need OPEC for petrol anymore. We're going to have an electric car and we're going to have wind power. And so in the long term, this is probably the silver lining in this very, very dark cloud that we're suddenly sitting under. Yes, I, th- I agree. I think uh, green energy transition has been kick-started a bit more with a, with a war. People will just re- say, OK, Russia is not a reliable supplier of, of, of gas. Uh, we need to wean ourselves off of that. So Europe, 
America is, is self-sufficient with gas, but Europe will need an alternative. So either they buy expensive gas from, from the U.S., or they say, let's start up nuclear again. You know, France has a big big nuclear generating capacity. Either, either nuclear or clean energy, hydrogen, um, wind, solar, etc. So what, what, what history has shown us, let's go back to the gold rush. It's not the, the gold miners that made all the money. It's the guys selling the picks and, and the shovels and stuff yeah. like that. So um, if, if you go to a new, newer green economy, you need more copper, you need more base metals. And, and actually, South Africa is in a bit of a sweet spot there. So you, people need to buy these stuff from Glencore and Anglo, etc. So that it will create a bit of opportunities for, for those kind of companies, I believe. But then obviously, China is also buying commodities, and that's a discussion for another day. But I think they will be comp- if companies can benefit or uh, position themselves to, to benefit from that play, then that, that's also a good place to have a portion of your investments. Very good. Uh, it's going to be a rocky ride for, for a few weeks, a few months, maybe even a couple of years, Andre. But yeah, there are opportunities out there. Just keep your head, I think, is what, what you're saying. Andre Besson is from Brenthurst Wealth in a windy pile in the Western Cape of South Africa. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.